I would like to take you to a portion of Scripture that as far as I know, I don't think I've ever, I don't know that I've ever preached from this passage of Scripture. have no idea why. I guess because I didn't understand it until recently. But Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to begin reading verse number 24. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 24. And we're going to read down through verse 30, and we'll go from there. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Another parable spake, put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servant of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He saith unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather you together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And everybody said amen. There's a little explanation of all of this. In verse number 36, and Jesus said to the multitude, or sent the multitude away, and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. I want you to notice in particular what he points out. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And everybody said amen. Amen. From that tonight, I want to talk to you for a little while about the enemy of your spiritual destiny. Everybody say that with me. The enemy of my spiritual destiny. Everybody said amen. 
turn and smile at somebody and tell them they look better than the person that was there before. Just being in the house of God makes them look a little better. Amen. God bless you. Some of you do look better already for being in church tonight. Someone said that you cannot tell a man the truth. You can only put him into a position in which he can discover it for himself. And in discovering it for himself, then truth takes on a whole new dimension. When I began early this morning driving to the hospital, I began thinking about some things that have been uh, on my heart and in my mind over the last few weeks. And this parable came to my mind. That, And I realized that in all my preaching, I don't know that I've ever preached about the tares and the wheat. But <clears throat> the Lord began to talk to me about uh, the enemies of our spiritual destiny. I, I've been thinking uh, recently of the fact that though we cannot be defeated uh, unless we give in, there are enemies to all of our spiritual destiny. And you can go all the way back to the beginning and look at the life of Joseph and how many things that Joseph had to encounter and the things that he had to endure to see the dream that God had given him come to pass, the frustrations that came with all of that, and the the fact that there were certain things that cropped up in his life, that their sole purpose in being there was to try to frustrate the work of God in his life. And so the story of the parable uh, or the, the, the wheat and the tares is one of those that uh, illustrates what I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand tonight. The Bible says that one man sowed good seed. Everybody say good seed. And while he slept, there was another that came that sowed evil things and The scripture identifies that other being as our enemy. Everybody understand we have an enemy tonight. And uh, so it was. The tares uh, were one of the curses against which a farmer uh, had to labor in biblical times. And the reason that it was such a delicate thing is because it looked so much like the wheat or the barley that was being planted. It was in truth called the bearded darnel, and it could wreak havoc on the farmer's crop because they could not tell the difference between the wheat and the tares until it was too late. And by the time they realized what was going on in their field, it was past the point of them being able to do anything about it. 
And so there are two uh, efforts being made. One toward the good and one toward the evil. And so similar were these things in the beginning that even the experts could not tell the difference between them. It was not until they began to produce fruit that you could tell the difference between the tare and the wheat. Everybody say fruit. The Bible said you shall know them by their fruit. And so it was not until the fruit came that they began to understand that something was wrong, that their, their, their field has been sabotaged, that somebody is working to undo what we have tried to do in, in, in our good efforts to sow good seed. And so everything looked fine until they came to fruition. And then the question is asked, did you not sow good seed? Where are all of these tares coming from? From whence came these tares? And is that not the question that often surfaces in all of our lives? Where did this come from? Who did this? And the truth is, there's a source of all of that. The trouble, the anguish, the anxieties of life, there is a source. Good seed had been sown, but where did the other stuff come from? It came from the fact or the, 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 the point in our text is that there was an enemy that has done this. Everybody say an enemy has done this. It is, it is important for us to understand that in our spiritual journey, we never escape the reality that there is an enemy out to undo everything that God is trying to do in our life. And there is a very real enemy, and he is intentional in his effort, and he is deceitful in his efforts, but his purpose is this, to disrupt what God has begun in your life. So when you look around your life right now and you see all the chaos and the confusion and the turmoil, you know this, there is an enemy at work tonight. The source of my trouble is not coming from something that I did wrong my source of trouble is coming from someone who hates what I represent. Good seed. Because good seed is going to produce good things. And the enemy does not want that. He desires to do everything he can to disrupt that. But the one thing the enemy cannot do is undo the good seed. The good seed is good seed. Now, the only thing the enemy can do is just come in in some subtle way in the Bible said while they slept. That seems to be when the enemy does a lot of his work. At least that's when I get the worst phone calls is at night when everybody's supposed to be at sleep. But when he was asleep, the enemy came in. Now, when I got to looking at that, I thought, Lord, 
what is the purpose of this parable anyway? Because when he explained it to his disciples, he didn't even mention some of the things that were addressed in the, in the beginning of the scripture that we read. And what I begin to understand is this, that the purpose of the enemy of my soul is to do only what he can do. He cannot stop me for living, uh, in, in living for God. He cannot defeat me in living for God. But he can discourage me and he can disrupt my life and he can throw so many distractions in my way that I lose my purpose and I lose my sense of purpose and I get lost in the moment of what's wrong and I forget what God has started in me and that's a good work. And so the purpose of the enemy is to discourage His effort is to distract us. That's why so many people are dealing with so many distractions right now. The devil knows that he is limited. He he cannot penetrate the blood. If you have blood covering over your life, he cannot penetrate the blood. And so his next best option is just to frustrate you so much that you walk out from under that blood, that you leave that blood covering. It is to so disrupt your life and bring so much confusion and turmoil that you forget what it is that you're here for and you forget who you are. You are a child of God. And and the whole purpose of the parable is to speak a simple truth that there are two forces at work in your life right now, good and evil. There are two forces that are operating in in every person's life, and one of them intends exactly what it says, good, and the other one intends exactly what it says, evil. And so it is a straightforward message that there are forces at work around me right now that are there for the sole purpose of trying to sabotage what God is doing in my life and get me so frustrated with distractions, to get me so frustrated with the disruptions of my life and And discouragements come from every corner. And every time I turn around, there's another problem that comes up. It is the enemy's desire to wear you down. What did Daniel say of the last hour? That his purpose in coming into the earth, the devil, was to wear out the saints of the Most High God. He knows that he cannot defeat the blood. He knows he cannot undo what Calvary has done in my life. But if he can sow enough discord, if he can sow enough discouragement, if he can throw enough tears into my life that I get distracted and I lose my sense of direction and I quit doing what God called me into this world to do, bear good fruit, then the enemy has accomplished his purpose. Now, the reason that the master would not allow them to go tear the, 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 the tears up and pull them out was because in doing that, they would have damaged the good that was in the ground. And so 
the Lord gives us a, a, a parable about life that you can live next door to hell and not go to hell. That you can live in the presence of evil but not be evil. Because as much as the tares wanted to, they could not take away what the pure seed, the good seed was producing. Now they may have taken some of the nourishment so that that the fruit was not as it could be or should have been. But it could not subvert the purpose of the good seed. And so the, the, the parable is simply this. It is a message that there are forces at work right now in my life that, it, that, that are doing their best to sabotage everything God's trying to do for me. So my message to you tonight is don't wake up shocked that there's something evil going on around you. Don't wake up and, and, and throw up your hands and say, I just don't understand God. Here I am doing right, living right, doing the right thing, and yet still evil is all around me. I thought you were going to save me from evil. He is going to save you from evil. But in the meantime, you may have to live around some things that you don't want to live around. But if you will let God take care of it, in the end, God will take care of it. It is to show us that there is a spirit at work in this world that is opposed to all that God wants to do for my life. And there is a spirit that is at cross purposes with everything God is endeavoring to do for my life. And there are forces that are working right now to do nothing more than frustrate God's work in my life. And the only reason that he's doing some of the things he's doing in some of your lives is just to frustrate you and make you give up. Say, so you know what? I just can't handle any more of this. I can't take any more of this. You see, the parable of the wheat and tares is a lesson on the forces that work to distract us and frustrate us and disturb us and, and cause us to come to a point where we give up. Because if we don't give up, the enemy cannot defeat us. It's a simple principle, but if you don't quit, he doesn't win. And so the Word of God is so very clear. And, and I've just got a few simple things I want to give you, and then I'm going to let you go home. But number one, I want you to understand tonight that tares cannot stop wheat. The good seed that God has put in your life, I don't care if he plants a million barrels of tares around you, the tares cannot stop what God has started in your life. Number two, you can do good and still have to deal with evil in your life. You can live. I wrote this down and I thought, oh God, I've got to tell somebody because I've had to tell myself you can live as clean as you can live and not escape the evil work of the enemy in your life. You can pay your tithe. You can come to church every service. 
You can worship like nobody's business, but that is not going to stop the enemy from trying to do something to frustrate you or get you all angry and tense and anxious and and worried and, and, and tied up in knots. Evil happens. It happens all around us all the time. You're going to find evil in the world in which we live. It is planted. It is put there on purpose. But where sin did abound, the Bible said, grace did much more abound. So the simple truth is you can do good and still have to deal with bad things in your life. That ought to relieve some of you right now. Because some of you are thinking that this evil must be my fault. I've done something wrong. No, there's an enemy. Everybody say an enemy. An enemy has sown things to distract and trouble and frustrate and make you angry and all of the other things that come with the human emotion. This parable tells me that evil is found among the good. But listen to me. It can never be mistaken for the good. And it cannot stop the good. You hear me tonight. Evil will not make itself good by hanging out with good. Because evil's nature is evil. Amen. And because that nature is corrupt... That nature cannot be corrected. Evil will not be made good by just hanging out with good people. But the truth is that in this life that you and I are called to live, we're going to have to live among some evil things. But that doesn't mean evil is going to win the day. You hear me, folks. I don't care if our country goes down the road to perdition with the speed of light from this point forward. And we're not far away from it right now. And I don't care who is in the White House and who is in the Capitol or the, 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 the chambers of the House and the Senate. I don't care who the, 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 the leading men of our nation is. There's going to come a day When God's going to say, all right, folks, it's time to balance the sheets. And no president, nor ruler, nor party, nor faction in this world is going to decide the end but God. And God's going to separate the good from the evil. He's going to separate the wheat from the tare. And God knows who you are. So don't worry about being left behind. Because if you are the good seed that God's planted, He knows how to separate the two. He knows how to take the tares and throw them into the fire. But He's going to save the wheat to His own barns. I've had people tell me they were afraid they weren't going to make it. Why are you afraid you're not going to make it? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Does the seed of God's good word lie in you? then it's not going to be you that's going to save yourself. It's going to be what's in you that's going to save you. What was in that seed is what saved it in the end. The fact that it was a wheat and not a tear. So don't let distractions distract you. Don't let frustrations frustrate you. 
when things, when, when, you, when you wake up and, and you've done everything right, you prayed, you read your Bible, and you wake up in the morning and everything that could go wrong goes wrong, and there's evil all around, you don't lose your head and say, well, what's the use in living for God? Just understand that an enemy has been at work, but that work is going to come to an end, and God's going to call it what it is, and he's going to separate it all and say, enter into the joys of life. Those of you that are mine, enter in, but separate from those that I never knew. I never knew them. Amen. This simple story teaches us how hard it is to distinguish those who are in the kingdom from those who are not in the kingdom. So I tell you what let's do. Let's let God be God and let's just keep being his people. Amen. Well, I don't know if, I don't think they've got the Holy Ghost. Well, you know what? It's not for me to judge whether they do or not. You'll know them by their fruit at some point in life. Something's going to come out that's going to evidence that. But even if nothing comes to my mind, it is not my power or my prerogative to be the judge of this kingdom. I'm just trying to get everybody I can in. And I'm going to let God separate it all. You say, well, I don't believe in that. Well, I don't know what else to tell you, but... God's going to separate them one way or the other. So why don't we do everything we can to get everybody we can into the kingdom of God and let God be the one that judges because you and I don't really know until the very end what's in the heart of man. And if it teaches me anything, it teaches me not to be too quick to judge other people because you never know until the end. And last of all, Man is going to be judged, listen to me, not by a single act or a single deed or a stage in his life, but by what his nature was, whether a wheat or a tear. So when you go through life and you stumble and fall and you feel like it's the end, listen to me, it is not the end. If the good word is in you, what God began in you, he will finish it against that day. Don't let the enemy discourage you. Don't let him frustrate you. Don't let him bring you to the place where you're thinking, well, what use is there in living for God anyway? If you've got to deal with this stuff all the time, that's just part of life, folks. Evil happens. Wicked things go on. I don't like it, but there will come an end to it all. And when that end comes, I want to be on the right side. Amen. I want him to know me, and I want to be known of him. The enemy of my spiritual destiny is the frustration and the discouragement and the delays and the doubt and the distractions that the enemy throws in my way to try to make me lose my sense of direction or lose my sense of purpose so that I just give up because he can't defeat me any other way. Amen. He cannot destroy you any other way than to wear you down till you get to the place where you say, what's the use? Amen. Just be what you are, a child of God. 
And even if you're surrounded by evil, just understand it's not always going to be that way. Amen. There's coming an end to this. You're not always going to be surrounded by a bunch of jerks. Amen. Amen. One of these days, God's going to call a separating. And when he does, that's the day that's going to tell the story of all of our lives. The good seed was planted and then the enemy came and he planted his seed. He could not stop what the good seed was doing, but he could sure try to frustrate it. He could sure try to steal away from it. And so it is with the enemy of our soul. He can't take my salvation. He can't take what God's done for me. But he can sure frustrate me enough that I let go of it or I walk away from it. This is what I've learned about living for God. If you'll keep hanging on to him, he'll keep hanging on to you. Amen. If you'll keep holding on to him, I don't care what happens and I don't care what comes your way. God will not let you go and he will not let you be lost. I remember hearing people testify when I was a kid. If I can just barely make it in. Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe some of us are barely going to make it in. But I don't believe that's how God intends for this thing to wrap up. That we just get by by the skin of our teeth. I don't believe that. I believe God wants us to go marching in. Rejoicing. Singing his praises. God wants us to lift our head and be what we are. We're the people of God. We're not ashamed of that. We may be surrounded by evil, but evil's not going to overcome us. We are going to overcome evil in the end. Come on, clap your hands and give him praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.